Hi, and thank you for listening in to the New Song Podcast from this week's service. You are welcome and encouraged to join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays in person. And for more information on how to get involved with New Song, go to newsonglouisville.org and follow us on social media. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. It's always such a blessing to be able to stand up here and uh, to share what uh, I believe the Spirit of the Lord uh, has on my heart. As, as Glenn was doing worship this morning, that, uh, that course on that song, It Is Well With My Soul, that's a declaration. When you can get up and sing with everything that's within you, it is well, it is well with my soul. You are declaring, and you, you're, you're declaring war upon the enemy. You're de- you've, you've taken a stance, a war stance, against the darkness of the world when you can get up and at the, uh, at the top of your, your best singing ability, you can make a melody in your heart and unto the Lord that it is well, it is well with my soul. And to be able to harmonize or, or carry my tune in a bucket when Glenn's doing it there, uh, what a wonderful declaration to make. And my soul gets excited when he sings that song because it's, it is just so good. And uh, I think that's what the Lord wants. So how many of you want to win today? How many of you want to win for the Lord today? Okay, so we're going to take a moment and we're going to go. We're not only going to go declare that it is well with our soul, but we're going to take a moment and we're going to put on the full armor of God this morning from Ephesians 6, okay? And how many of you have memorized this? How many of you have this in your heart and this is something that you you bring up daily and uh, an old guy like me, I bring it up several times a day because you know what I find out? By the time I start out, I may have it on all nice and tight, but by the time I go through the day, I've been beaten, battered, and thrown around, and now my belt's loose, uh, my pants are sagging, so I got to get them back up, and I got to get my belt back on, got to get my, my sword back out there and make sure it's all where it's supposed to be so when I grab, I'm ready so that I'm ready for battle. So let's just take a few moments and let's just wait before the Lord, those of you that are on the screen this morning. And, and I also want to, before I go into the full prayer of uh, uh, Ephesians 6, I, those of you that are at home, I want to ask a question. And those of you that are here, when's the last time you went through as the priests and priestess of your house? God gives us, gives, us, gives you that right and anointed your house. Now, Pastor Bert, you may, be, you may think he's getting a little freaky there. He's on the edge. There's not a demon behind every bush, but there are demons out there that come. The enemy sneaks around like a lion, seeing who he may kill, steal, and destroy. And, and you, are no, you are no different. He does not respect you. He does not love you. He does not like you. He's lying to you if you think he does. And so you need to see through that. So, so to anoint your home, when, when my grandson comes home from school, when I've been out on a long trip and I come home, 
You know what? I've been out in the world where, where the enemy has had full reign. I cannot control. Your children, your grandchildren cannot control what was out in the world. In my workplace, when I used to work on the docks and, and in the trucking industry, that was not a good, good place for my soul. So I had to fight when I came home not to bring this junk in. And not that your children are possessed. Don't hear that. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we bring things in and these, uh, we can call them Klingons. I am a Trekkie fan, by the way. <laughs> I, had, I sat with a bunch of young guys the other day. And uh, actually yesterday I was sitting with some guys and I said, yeah, uh, live well and prosper. And I, and I did this and they, what are you doing? Yeah, I can see that that I'm a, a few generations ahead of you there, at least one good solid one. Uh, but uh, go forth and prosper. So, so you take, take the oil, go through and anoint your home, anoint the doorposts, anoint your children's bed. Couples, anoint, anoint your marriage bed. Anoint your pillow. If you're not resting well, go anoint your bed. Where do you think the enemy wants to attack? Where you least expect him. So, so now you have more information than you really probably thought you needed this morning. But you're also equipped to win the day. So let's, let's pray the full armor on. So Father, we just come to you and we ask Ephesians 6, Lord, the full armor of God. God, uh, and we're going to do it Birch style because you've just given me this freedom that the, the breastplate of righteousness, dear God, that we can, we can put on that breastplate of righteousness, dear God, that you give us, Lord, so freely. That belt of truth, dear God, that, that we can put on, we can cinch up, and, and Lord, as we, as we find ourselves more fit spiritually, we also have to put another notch in the belt, Lord, so we can go a little tighter, so that it uh, keeps our drawers up, Lord. And we just thank you for that. And it keeps that sword hanging right where it is, right where I can grab, and the muscle memory will grab it, Lord. Father, that helmet of salvation, dear God, that we get to put upon us, dear God, that, Lord, watches over our mind, dear God, watches over every thought that comes and goes, good and bad, Lord. We take every thought captive unto the goodness of who you are. And our feet, dear God, they are shod, dear God, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. God, this is the gospel, dear God, that whether we're walking through, through deep, dark things, dear Father, we're walking through the loss of loved ones, dear God, we're, wa we're walking through, Lord, losing things in our life, we're walking through, Lord, relationship problems, that even though these things are going on around about us, and the world says that it's falling apart, dear God, that, Lord, we can walk in the peace and the freshness of who you are in our lives, and, Lord, and there's peace in that. And, Lord, that shield, that shield of faith, dear God. And there's days, dear Father, that when we're in close combat, dear God, that we have the small shield that sits on our arm, dear God. And, Father, there are other days, dear God, that when we band together as, as New Song Christian Fellowship, these shields are as big as a barn door, dear Father. 
And Lord, they're built, dear Father, of the testimonies of your goodness and who you are in our lives. And Father, they, they grow thicker and thicker as we see. They, they grow, dear God, and more. They take on the fiery darts of the enemy, dear God, as he shoots them at us, dear Father. But Lord, the fire does not continue to burn, Lord, because we anoint daily, dear God, with the power of the Spirit. And Father, the sword of the Spirit, dear God, this sword is mighty, dear God, in battle, and it's two-edged, dear God. And it cuts both ways, dear God. And Father, the enemy, dear Father, has not a chance against you, dear God. And Father, we thank you all this, all prayer and supplication. We ask this in your holy name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I promise you, if you pray that, you continue to pray that, you will begin to win more and more and more. The, another piece that God gives, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I mean, the, we don't get a lot of tools, that, a lot of weapons of warfare, but these are, God says, you don't need much more than that. And then the hedge of protection. Now, now I know the, the comedians, they all have a great time with the hedge of protection, you know, uh, this leafy thing that the enemy scared of leafy things and all. And it's funny at the time. But see, isn't that just like God to use the ordinary to do extraordinary things with? Look at the men and women he used in the Bible. Look at, look at who he allowed up here this morning. They don't come much more ordinary, much more uh, back from the cornfields type of guy. But God has me up here for a purpose this morning, and I just thank him for that. And God has you sitting here, God has you listening this morning, for a purpose, and I'm just so excited about that. So, as we go on, what's really cool is uh, I get to I get to take another moment and and tout my small group. Uh, I'm really excited about this small group that uh, uh, Jeff and I uh, are doing. It's called Making Life's Disciples. It's on Wednesday evening next door in the cafe, and it's equipping the church. Where where to offer compassion, hope, help, and discipleship to women and men. New concept. And men considering life-changing events of abortion. See, the, the battleground has changed in the abortion arena. We, we are no longer today standing across the street yelling scriptures and, and shaming. See, shame never did work. Mm, shame doesn't work for those of you watching, those of you coming in, and, uh, and it's not going to work going forward. What works is the love of Christ and how we go forward. Do we want people going out and, and uh, having, having relations and, and, and getting pregnant? No. But you, you, don't want, you don't want me out drinking, you don't want me out smoking, you don't want me out doing sexual addiction stuff, neither. Don't want me being an alcoholic. See, all these things are the same, but we begin to grade these and the shame factors in them. We all do it at one way or the other. But at the end of the day, what God wants to do is bring these things together. So I got a small clip I want to show, if you guys can bring that up this morning. And I want you to pay attention to these stats.
I'm very grateful to the Lakeshore Pregnancy Center for providing the Making Life Disciples training so that uh, I and other people in our congregation can be better equipped to minister to people in our church and in our community who need to experience uh, God's grace and healing. I had seen from statistics that there was a good chance that a significant number of people in our church had been involved in an abortion decision. And I realized that they weren't gonna come to me uh, when they were facing that decision most of the time. We wanted uh, people in our church that would be able to help people, uh, to be able to walk with them, those that had been hurt in the past by this type of decision, to help them heal and help them make a decision they wouldn't regret. The training has really impacted my own thought processes. Um, one aspect of the training that impacted me was thinking more about the men who were involved in the decisions, what it was like for them, and how I might be able to walk with those who are making those decisions in the future. The absolute numbers, I knew there were probably more than I thought in the church. To find out those numbers were much higher than I had imagined, so it was kind of a, a bit of a shock, a bit of a wake up for me. I have already had at least one conversation uh, growing out of this training with someone who had been involved in an abortion decision in the past and was carrying that as a heavy burden. And um, as a result of the training, um, was able to talk about that. We all need restoration. Uh, we want to be equipped to let them know that there is grace and healing at the feet of Jesus Christ. What I'm finding that is so beautiful is, uh, uh, so I've been down working with, beside you for life, Amanda, Jeff, uh, Miss Carr, and myself have really kind of been down there. And I've got to talk to these young men sitting across the table who their girls have come in and says, we're considering. And they've been able to bring a life. And, the, and these, these couples are keeping their, their babies. A week ago Saturday, they had, they had a baby shower for, for the couple. And the young man was ecstatic. Uh, I wasn't allowed, I wasn't, I was allowed, but I wasn't there, I was out of town. And uh, I wish I'd have so would have been there to, uh, to have seen the joy that someone had walked with them and helped them make good decisions. And I'm so excited that if we go through this training, and it is, we do have to go through the training, uh, it's good training, it's solid training, but we get the opportunity to be a giving church. We get the opportunity to have these folks come in. We get to give them baby showers. We get to talk to them about getting married because a lot of them aren't married. We get to do wedding showers for them. We get to be with them from, from the time that baby, they make the decision till, till they say, hey, we're, we're, we're good to walk on our own. We don't need help right now. So I'm excited about that. This group is next door. Wednesday nights, 7 to 8.30, uh, and it's, it's a hard issue, guys. Uh, you can write checks. Yeah, that's always, that's always handy, but that isn't what we always need. Sometimes we need boots on the ground, hands and feet of Christ. 
Uh, we're going to, you'll hear about more things in the coming year of how we're going to interact with them down there, how we're going to go down there and be a part of their lives. And uh, there's, always, there's always places that you can come in and, and we can find a place for you. So we just want you to be a part of, uh, we do do a light meal on Wednesday night before we start and you're out by 8.30. Uh, and uh, so it's just better than sitting around watching TV or, or uh because winter's coming on, you guys need something to do. So, so come on out and check us out. So, so I'm so so blessed to be here this morning. And and when you, boy, I love that scenery. Does Glenn not make me look good with all this stuff all the time? He just uh, where my help comes from. Uh, I've been in those types of mountains, been tre tre trekking through them. Now. The only thing that Glenn says, hey, Bert, I'm not sure you're going to be okay with this. Where my help comes from then? Pastor Bert Moore. Well, I strike that. We should put an X through that. But, but uh, I, we're just, hopefully you guys can follow us because I am not your help. I will walk with you, but that isn't where your help will come from. It comes from the Lord. But uh, it's, it's, it's a great scripture. Uh, go to the next slide, please, guys. Where do you look for help? We are, we are in an, an age of information. We are in a, I mean, if, if you get sick and, and you've got a crooked finger, you can go and Google it, and uh, they will tell you how to fix this thing. So we've got more information. Uh, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling down, you can diagnose yourself, and so many of us do. We go there and think, hey, man, I got a cough. I got a limp, and, uh, and my hair is falling out. Oh, yeah, you got such and such a disease. And, and you run with it, and you go get the supplements, and you care for yourself. How do we look for help? I just kind of covered that. We do that by Googling a lot of times. We ask a friend. We phone a friend. You know, we take, we take uh, uh, the most popular thing out there but we really forget where we should be going to look. And why do we look outside of God for help in all these things? Why is God the last place many of us go? I've been walking with God a long time, but yet I find myself, and those of you that are more spiritual than I, uh, I'm going to follow your lead, but I find myself that isn't the first place I go a lot of times. That can be the second day, the third day, might be a week down the road, might be after my wife shakes me and says, hey, you need to go find God and get some help. See, I had to bring her in here. Something worse. I'm going to fall off these steps again today. Where should we look for help? We can change some of these questions here. Where should we look for help? The Lord, the Bible. The Bible has answers to about any question we can put out there. How do we look for help? Well, you can Google the Bible. You can just type in questions, and it'll bring up verses from one end of the Bible to the other. And uh, how do we start to look outside of ourself and to God for the help in all things? And that is just, that is just muscle memory for the brain. That is, hey, God, today I choose to lean into you to find my help today. Today, oh God, I want to, to push in and to be a better steward 
a better son and, and seek you first in all things. So uh, let's go to Matthew 6, 25 through 33. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall ye eat, or what shall ye drink, nor yet for your body, which ye shall put on? Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? But these are the things we kind of get hung up on from a day to day. These are the kind of the number one things. Next. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns, Yet your heavenly Father, he feedeth them. Are ye, are you, are you all not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? How many of you, how many of you lay awake at night and, and just rerun your thoughts? Anybody in here? Or just a couple of you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see, I see those hands. I see those hands. That just, that's, the old, uh, that's the old pastor thing. I see that hand. Yeah, go ahead. You put it down now. And has, by you doing that, have you ever fixed the problem? Have you ever prospered by doing that? And why take, take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say, in, okay, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Before your heavenly Father knoweth ye have need of all these things even before you ask. Is that, is that, do it? We've read this. How many of you have read this many, many times? How, how many of us get up and consider this on a daily basis? What, and, and do inventory. What is it I don't have to toil over today? What is it I don't have to invest a lot of energy in? Because, God already knows. He says, I don't have to take thought, saying, what shall I eat? Because he's going to take care of you. What shall we drink? Because we will have something to drink. Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And I understand that some of you have had some hard lives. I, uh, I grew up in a, in a family of 10. Uh, we didn't have new clothes. And our drawers were not overflowing like my closets are now. Uh, it, it's unbelievable the, the amount of clothing, the amount of things that we have, and, and, our, and we overflow. We overflow our dressers, we overflow our, our closets, we overflow our garages, <laughs> and then we go out and we, we rent space to put good stuff, really good stuff. And then after a while, I see we have garage sales out of the rented space to get rid of our really good stuff that, that we thought we wanted to hang on to. I do it too. I got, I got a barn. 
But, you know, I got, I got the plan. When I'm on the way out, I've already wrote it out. Dear Jeff and Amanda, <laughs> you get all my good stuff. <laughs> uh, Jeff's excited. Amanda's going, I just hear a groan, so I don't know whether that's a happy groan or a sad groan. <laughs> I just got a thumbs down, folks. <laughs> but... Do, have we not done that? Have we not went and someone, someone that we loved, the, the couple has passed away? No, Carr and I have. We went to her grandparents' house and we cleaned out the basement. Well, in the basement, in an old refrigerator, was every old check they had ever written. Every one. And in boxes alongside the refrigerator, and I'm, I'm not making fun of them, they grew up in a time where you threw nothing away. But in these boxes were margarine containers and cottage cheese containers and every little container and lid just in case you needed a container. And I can sit here and laugh because I do kind of the same thing. I got a I got a whole big box of coffee cans that someday I'm going to sort through all my screws and my bolts and my nuts and, and put them in, you know, the different sizes in them and someday just never gets there. And then we get fed up with it and we put it all in a bucket and take it to the, the junk man or the garbage. But when you grow up with little or nothing, you hang on to everything. Uh, I used to use saw blades to the point of uh, when you was cutting with them, they would smoke. They were burning more wood through, you were burning through the wood more than you were cutting because there wasn't a lot of money to go buy a new saw. I know that sounds crazy, but we did what we, we, we needed to do at that time. But then, uh, but then things change. And there are some, there are children and our grandchildren that some that have never known a need they've, they've they've been given so much that they don't know what to do and expiration i love expiration dates i get i get into more talks about expiration dates there uh, it's even been on the radio recently that the suggested ex expiration date is this that does not mean it's bad it's just they're suggesting the peak of the expiration is at this date so i was just in alaska and they told me the peak of the silvers coming up the stream, the silver salmon, which is, which is the elite of all elite salmon, will be on the 16th. The suggested peak will be on the 16th. Now, that doesn't mean they won't be coming before, and that won't, doesn't mean there won't be a bunch of them coming after. But this is the peak. It's suggested. And we get so hung up, uh, we are one of the most wasteful uh, I think the number the other day is America throws away 385 billion tons of expired food a year. I can't even imagine uh, what, that, what that number looks like. We could feed the nations with what we throw away in expired goods. And they're not really expired. They're just, they're past the goodbye date. So, so it's interesting. Now, what does that have to do with where my help comes from? I don't know. It was just a rabbit hole I went down. And, and it, was, it was a comfortable hole to go down. 
So that's, that's how we are. But God knows. God knows where we're going. And, and our help comes, a lot of times our help comes when we, 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 or doesn't come when we do not inquire of God. So I, so I went to the Bible and I, and I began to ask the question, all right, God, how many times do, do, does man come and inquire of you? So how many of you know King David? You've read the stories and exploits of King David in the Bible. How many times do you think he inquired of God? Is it uh, uh, above 20? Any hands? Okay. Is it above, is, how far above 20 do you think? 150? A lots and lots. <laughs> well, would it surprise you to know that David only inquired of God nine times? I was shocked because I thought that number would have been way more. But it was a process in David's time to inquire of God. You needed to find a priest, someone who, who was, uh, you know, God-recognized. And then you, a lot of times you needed the, the, what do they call them, the ermine and the thuman. Uh, and you needed these, these articles to to inquire of God. Now, David probably cried out to God a whole lot more. His, when we get into his, his the, the Psalms, uh, we see where he cried out to God. But the actual, hey, Lord, I'm going to take my men up and we're going to go to battle. Should I go or shouldn't I? Nine times. So then I looked through the whole, I looked up through the whole scripture and 78 times through the whole scripture did, did men and women inquire of God. 78. Now, out of that, out of a year, think this is personally for you. How many times do you inquire of God? Or do you just make quick shoot-from-the-hip decisions? See, I, I'm, a, I'm a quick draw McGraw. I'm a quick shooter. Uh, you know, I just go. And uh, should, I, should I inquire of the Lord more? Probably. It, it saved me a lot of headache. Saved me a lot of foot, foot traffic. Save a lot. But how often do we, do you, inquire? So in, inquiring, inquiring of God in the context of the Old Testament, it required a lot. What's it, inquire, what's it take to inquire of God today? Not quite as much, does it? The will to inquire of God is all it takes today. Because there's, there's a few things you need for, for uh, uh, the recipe of God. You've got to, to, to be able to inquire. You've got to believe Repentance, salvation. Then you, then you are given the freedom of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which then gives you the freedom to inquire any time, night or day. 
Did you, did you catch that little, there's a recipe. Recipe for God are good things. What, what is in a recipe? Directions. So, so if grandma wrote you out her favorite recipe, there would be directions. Use the nine by 13 pan. You, you grease it up, maybe flour it, maybe you don't. And then these are the ingredients that you have to have lined up and ready. And then there's a time. You don't want to build your dish too early or, or wait too late because then, then you're going to be going out the door and it's still cooking and then you've got a hot dish. There's a whole lot of things. There's a need. There's a party. There's a family event. There's something going on. There's a need for it or a taste. You have a taste for something. Man, I have a taste for uh, some barbecue. So I'm going to get a brisket out and we're going get, to get everything ready. And, and we're going to follow these directions, the ingredients. It's going to take time. I just don't pull it out of the freezer and then it's done within a short amount. That, that's a time commitment. Uh, the, the necessary need is me. I'm the need. I need it because uh, I want it uh, for the taste. Uh, and so the, the recipe for God inquiring from God where my help comes from is up to me now. God's, God has taken all the barriers out of his walk with him. God has, made, God has made walking with him so simple that we, we, really, we really get hung up in the simplicity of who he is. Now, God's very complex himself. But he's broke it down for his sons and his daughters, his children, to, to find it is, it, is, it is well with our soul when we can find where our help comes from. What, and then what are some things that will stop us from seeking this help? Guilt? Shame? Condemnation? What someone has said to us, our, our own identity, who we think we are, what we think we are. Oh, we just committed a sin, therefore I don't qualify. Therefore I'm not, God's not going to hear me. And, I, and, I'm, and you'd be hard pressed to show me these things in the Bible. Once we accept Christ, man, the, the way back to a conversation with Christ is to open your mouth. God is a big God. God is a powerful God. God is a forgiving God. And he wants, Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father as our advocate talking to the Father on our behalf night and day, day and night, day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, month out, lifetime in, until we go spend it with him. So for us to not inquire of him about all these things in our life, from the very smallest to the largest. Now, inquiring is interesting. We don't always get a yes, do we? We don't always get it right now. Here it comes. Sometimes we get, wait a minute. Sometimes I'm, he goes, no, not now. Sometimes I've even had him say, no, that ain't for you. 
And I've also had him, I was, I have gone to Alaska several times, and I love Alaska. And several times I've been there, I said, Lord, can I move to Alaska? And he says, of course you can. But he says, it's not my best for you right now. Okay, I'm good with that. I mean, what a beautiful answer. Now, now, would he be with me if I went against that? Yeah. But I wouldn't have his best interest for me and the others he's put in me, around me, and the influences and, and the passions of my life. I, I, know I'm, I know I'm probably cranking a little theology here on some folks, but, it, but it's so cool to hear God clearly. It, it is so, so powerful to, to know that, yes, you can go. For, for someone to say, hey, I'm sitting here, I'm praying, I'm waiting for God to tell me. Well, sometimes God says, just get up and move. Because when you get up and move, you know what's going to happen? You're going to collide with God. God loves to collide with you, but he's not going to pull you off the bench and put you where he wants to. Now, he'll, he'll create things in your life to allow that to happen. He's done that in my life. Because he moved, he moved this old boy from Nebraska to Oregon, back to Nebraska, and then he planted me in Kentucky. And he says, uh, here's where I want you to stay planted for a while. Now, he didn't say forever, but I'm okay if it's forever. Actually, I'd be excited if it's forever, because I kind of like this place. I like you guys. So it, it is so cool. So God is where my help comes from. God is where my, my, my knowledge comes from. He come, my, my, everything, my existence comes from God because I can ask him. I can lean into that. And the times I don't is when I'm uncomfortable. The thing about the recipe, hanging out with God, I, I can be down here, I can have the directions and all, and Carl will go, yeah, you're, it's okay. But I said, what is, there's something missing. Give me, give me that ingredient, that pinch of what I need. And sometimes she'll come back to me and say, you need a little more pinch of Jesus in your life. You need to go to Jesus and, and find out what he's speaking to you because you're a little bit... You're a little bit, you got the oven a little too hot right now. And man, that's, that's, that's that partnership in life. And if you have people like that, you know, hopefully you got a mate one, uh, one way or the other to do that for you. Hopefully you got brothers to do that for you. Sisters, hopefully you got that. Couples, I hope you have that in your life that will, that will touch and will push back and forth there. Those are some of the ingredients we need to have a, a life of uh, knowing that we have a God that helps us where we come from. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to Psalms 121. No, I'm going to go to Psalms 20. The Psalms 21, guys. Thank you. And what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to, I'm going to declare over you a blessing today. And, I, and I, as you go away today, think, of, think on some of these things that the Holy Spirit may have brought. You know, what, what's the recipe for you and your success look like with him?
What's it, what's it mean to figure out where your help comes from? Some of you are walking through some stuff that I can't even imagine this morning. But here's what I know. If you take that, and especially if you're a couple, and you take that and you lay that down on the table, write it out. Do the practical. God's good at, at allowing us to do the practical. I love to write things out there and lay that before, okay, you agree with that car or, or something you want to add or take away? This is what I want to do. And then let's pray over this. And God, we don't know the answers. God, I don't know the path through this, around this, over this, under it. I don't know. But you do. You know how to get me from point A to B. You know how to get us from here to there. And it's only by your grace, by your goodness, and by your mercies that we will, we will make it through this. And even when I'm, and when I'm praying with someone else, uh, we were in Alaska here recently, this last couple weeks ago, and there was all sorts of things came at us from other folks. And, hey, God, how, how do you want us to handle this? What is our part that we get to play? What have you called us here for? And it was so clear that God had called us to come there for such a time as this. And, and I love that piece. I love uh, going back to uh, James 4, 1 through 3. James in this, in this talks about motives Check your motives when asking God. Because it goes on and says, but you have not if you ask not. But what are your motives in the asking? Is it for you alone? Is it for you to have more materialism? I mean, if I ask for a new uh, F-250 Dodge with all the trimmings, maybe, maybe he'd give it to me. But, he, but he's going to say, do you really need it? I really don't. It's a want. And why do I want it? Just because it's cool? Because it's neat? Because I'd look good in it? I'd, I'd have to get me a big cowboy hat then, you know? I'd just have to deck myself out and look a little more. So I'd even spend more money. So he's probably saying, nah, you really probably don't need that, Martin. I said, you're right, Lord. You're probably right. But, but think about this. You have not because you ask not. The, 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 the hunter... Never brings home something to eat at night if he doesn't shoot. Okay? The treasure hunter never finds treasure if he never leaves the house to go look. And then you, know, you that are, are looking for Christ are looking for answers. You will never find them if you never inquire, if you never ask, if you never seek. He says, seek me and you're going to find. Ask and the doors will open. How simple. How simple a gospel. And don't, don't get all, all, uh, all wound up in religion. Don't get all wound up in the thuses and the these and I should and I shouldn't and that ain't what my old church taught. No, go straight to God. Because God may have a new way for you to walk some old things out. He pushes this old guy a lot. I get in some situations, and I'm going, where'd that thought come from? That ain't the way we used to do things. And he says, that's because that's not what I want done today. 
He says, you need to relate to somebody that isn't you. I'm going, huh, that's good. Now, that doesn't mean he does, the scripture, the scripture never changes. God, God's infallible. That's the full authority. But God does think through things differently. He does look at things differently. Because he's God. And God cares how our young people look at things. God cares how those out of different cultures look and feel about things. And he calls us to a new standard at times. So to read the Psalms 120 over you, let's all stand for this, please. And this is for you, and then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to ask you just to contemplate today on some of the things that the Lord may have been speaking to you today. Where does your help come from? So may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all of your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all of your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all of your requests. Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed, which is you. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name, the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king, and Lord, continue to answer us when we call. In his holy name we declare, declare take us, grant this to us, move amongst us, Lord. May we find freedom, Lord, to find and to call out where our help comes from today. Simple, simple message, Lord. But may it, may it sink deep, Lord, with the power of the Spirit. Go forth in our hearts today. We pray in your holy name. Amen.